Greetings, Parish Orphans and Retrogrades. Happy Friday. What we've been trying to do here on Rules for Retrogrades is to bring you a guest, an interview, a debate, each Friday show. And it's a subtle thing because when you categorize hard categories, like every Friday will be uh, me sitting with someone across from me on the screen or in person in this case, meet the lovely Steph. Today's someone is me. <laughs> Today's Sorry, someone is Sorry, I'm going to be, while he's doing this, I'm going to be doing what I normally do behind the scenes, which is putting links up. So excuse me for a moment. <laughs> yeah, so I'll bring us in. But I also want to say we're, we're trying to make this uh, a reasonably uh, consistent met goal on Rules for Retrogrades. A uh, guest every Friday. A lot of times we do a guest on a Wednesday and a Friday. But nevertheless, Steph, whose book, Ask Your Husband, is in its fourth day of release. She's my guest today. And I would remind all of you to run out and get this book. It is the most extreme, that is to say the most fundamental part of the Cultural Revolution being waged by serious-minded right-wingers, by serious-minded Catholics, which, if you properly understood, are the same thing. Go get Ask Your Husband today. I mentioned this yesterday as I live stream. Her Amazon account got raided by feminists about 12 hours the night before. Kind of hilarious to go read their comments, isn't it? But I, it's Extremely still... Extremely hilarious. Yeah, I mean, they're a funny, they're a funny batch of dames, and uh, they reek of just being miserable. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Which is un yeah. which is sad. Which is sad, and that's what today's show is about. So, let me frame it for you. In late December, I think December the twenty eighth, Honor Jones, over at uh, the Atlantic, wrote an article which made humongous waves, genuinely large waves. And it's all about how she ruined her life by getting married. It's called How I Demolished My Life, a home improvement story. It's horrible. She says the way she got back on track was with divorce. And more than that, she had kids. The way that she fixed her life was by having half of her nights free to put her face to the sun or some... Uh, whimsical crap like that. What does that even mean? I don't know. Uh, she, she begins the article, I had wanted, I thought, soapstone counters in a farmhouse sink. I'd wanted an island in a breakfast nook and two narrow vertical cabinets on either side of the stove. This is very specific. Yeah, this is like a lot about specific. like the house aspect of the whole marriage thing. Which we're going to talk about. <laughs> a household does not mean the house, right? A happy house can be uh, can suffer bad times and you can be living in a tenement in New York like Cinderella Man. You know, if you love your wife and your wife uh, loves you, if you're the champion of her heart, as Renee Zellweger says in Cinderella Man, it doesn't matter what house you're you in. You can live in this... a band down by the river and be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this, this dame has it wrong. One could be uh, for cutting boards, uh, one of her, her vertical cabinets, and one could be for baking sheets. I followed a cabinetry company called Plain English on Instagram and screenshotted its pantries. Well, which came in paint colors like kipper and boiled egg. Very Plain... important information. Yeah, yeah, you're not grabbing me, Honor. Plain English cost a fortune, but around a corner in the back of its New York showroom, you could check out the budget version called British Standard. But it cost a fortune, too. I wish there was a, a budget Bridget, uh, a British Standard. This is, this is horrible writing. I wish there was a room behind that room, the cabinets getting flimsier and flimsier in, until a door opened, 
and let me back into my own shitty American kitchen just as it was. What an ingrate. You know, what, what a brat. What a brat. My husband talked to the architect. My husband talked to the builder. And I kept paring the plans down, down, making them cheaper, making them simpler. I nixed the island and found a stainless steel work table at a restaurant supply store online for two ninety nine. This is how leftists think. They're materialists. Even when they get married, when they are single, doesn't matter. They're it's materialists. It's about the wedding. It's about the stupid cabinets. It's about your granite countertops, your backsplash. The stupid stainless Idiot. steel. <laughs> Idiots. I started fantasizing about replacing the counters with two-by-two two sawhorses and hanging the pots from nails on the wall. Slowly, I realized I didn't want this kitchen. Slowly, I realized I didn't want this life. I didn't want to renovate. I wanted to get divorced. Um... For a while, I had, I thought, I was quite certain, um, I had thought, I was quite certain that I loved her home. It was mushroomy white with peeling gray shutters. This is like a a Frasier episode when every time the character starts describing what's supposed to be her home life, she's describing actually the brands from which her home is comprised. I got a Walmart brand sink, and I did not get the the fanciest top-of-the-line one. It's like, why are you telling us any of this? This It's unbelievable. (laughs) It's unbelievable, Pear Shorvins and Retrograde. So what today's show is about is not Honor Jones' Atlantic article from late December of last year, but the article, very, I don't know, reassuring article appearing in The Federalist last week Took almost a full month for this writer, Claire Morrell, to write it and print it. Uh, but it's called Don't Just Say Motherhood Matters, Prove It With Your Life. And I want to give real kudos to Claire Jones because what she says, as much as conservatives love to bag on feminism, feminazism, as the late great Rush Limbaugh called it, so they don't get to the details. And Steph's book, Ask Your Husband Does, this article begins to. So we want to throw Claire Morrell some serious props. It's thefederalist.com. A lot of uh, uh, female conservative lawyer types go there. And let me just read her response to Honor Jones' garbage bag piece from the month before. Let's just say she's a total, Honor Jones is a total brat. Thank you. <laughs> and and uh, Claire, Claire Morrell does not mince words here. And she goes so far as to say thing, insinuate, and and in some cases say things that Steph says in Ask Your Husband. That is very rare. Steph still goes further. We'll talk about how at the end of the show. But I want to give her real props. Here's how her article responds to that heinous piece of claptrap you just heard from Honor Jones. Honor Jones' recent article in The Atlantic highlights a story of how divorce can free a woman to remake herself into something new upon spending half the nights childless. Joan says she chose to cause this upheaval in her family so she could put her face in the wind, so she could see the sun's glare. Really, I I see, I only read the first half. I couldn't bear any more of that coffee clatch. But the first half was all about brand name products she had uh, fantasized about purchasing. (laughs) And now she's getting all uh, back to nature, Rousseauvian, noble savage wanderlust on us, saying she wants to put her face in the middle of the sun or whatever. Um, (laughs) Put her uh, face on the sun. We, yeah, I think I think we would all benefit if if Honor Jones put her face on the sun. <laughs> um, she go, uh, Claire Morell, who's mocking it effectively, goes on. I guess that's what she believes life is about. 
Sadly, this article perfectly encapsulates the feminist message today for women, that children and husbands are nuisances and inconveniences in the way of achieving your full potential and living your life to its fullest. As Brad Wilcox tweeted, an author broke up her marriage for no good reason and not a word for the three kids dragged through such a needless narcissistic divorce. Wait a second, she gave a reason. She wanted new cabinets. (laughs) And she wanted to put her face on the sun. (laughs) She gave two reasons. She wanted to put her face on the sun, okay? Just cut her a break. Hey, come on, uh, Mr. Wilcox. (laughs) You said that there was no good rationale, and she wanted the barnyard barnyard mirrors or whatever it's called, (laughs) and she wanted to stick her face on the sun. Those are reasons. (laughs) Now, they're not good reasons, but she did substantiate. So let's be fair. No, you're, you're, Steph, Steph, I purposely said, okay, I'm going to read this. You don't read this. You respond in real time. It'll be funny. Yeah, because I, I didn't You're getting the this. Ask Your Husband sense. <laughs> I didn't read this. I told Tim when he was telling me about it, I was like, I am just shaking with rage. Just <laughs> hearing this idiot's, like, transition from, I, I started off really just critiquing my own kitchen, and finally I realized my happiness lies in divorcing my husband. It's so weird. It's, it's Good grief. It's ridiculous. Obviously, it's morally bad, but it's, it's, it's also just ridiculous. Now, the idiot is Honor Jones. Claire Morell uh, did very well by this article, and it was very bold to publish it, particularly where she did at The Federalist. Mm. She continues, with self-expression, self-gratification, and self-fulfillment promoted as the highest goods today, Our culture profoundly devalues children and the family, both of which require a good deal of self-sacrifice. Amen. It can lead people who know better to understandably despair over the future of our country. But there's another danger. We can also subtly fall into adopting the same mindset if we are not careful. To that, we should encourage women to fully lean into the vocation of motherhood and honor and uphold women who make the choice to stay home with their children. Amen. Don't just walk the uh, talk the talk, walk the walk. Now, this is the boldest piece of literature that I've ever read on feminism outside of Steph's book, which does go further. We'll talk about how it goes goes farther. Um, in my book, of course, The Case for Patriarchy, go buy these. These are the only two published pieces of literature over the last five years that go further than Claire Morrell, however great a job she did on this Federalist article. Uh, and, and Dave's book is uh, coming out. It's forthcoming sometime this year, uh, which will also be bold on another aspect of feminism. So, Claire, oh, I thought you wanted to. Um, no, I'm just trying to talk divide, the talk and yeah. walk the walk. Uh-huh. Divide <laughs> equitably the assets, the, the microphone assets. Uh, don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. Morale says culturally conservative people. Understand the need to defend the habits and the social behaviors that are most conducive for human flourishing. It's our parlance. It's our tribal parlance, right? If you're conservative, I'm thinking of, you know, someone like um, Amy Coney Barrett. You know to defend this Aristotelian language of human flourishing, um, the cultivation of of habits and social behaviors that that conduce, morally speaking, thereto. But but you got to walk the walk, too. Says Merle. We advocate for pro-family public choices, we conservatives, because we recognize the family is the fundamental building block of society. But even more than arguing for it, we need to model it by example and inspire a movement. All too often, as she doesn't name names here, she's thinking of Amy Coney Barrett, though, and, and others. 
All too often, it seems that women espousing conservative politics think any female governor who is a Republican, think any female candidate for president or White House correspondent or White House aide or staffer, think of them. Conservative women and conservative politics make choices that fit feminist destructive vision of life. You see how bold this is? This is at the Federalist. Thank you. 60% of law school students in America are just under are female. The Federalist is the hub for conservative uh, law people, including law students. To be clear, I'm talking about women who have the practical ability to focus on rearing children but instead choose to prioritize their careers or their ideas of self-actualization. If we truly believe that a culture of selfishness and self-gratification should be replaced with a culture of selflessness, of human bonding, of deep and abiding happiness, and that marriage, children, and family are the heart of such a political system, it is in our, um, are we dem- demonstrating it in our own individual lives? Let me be even blunter. Mothers, we should not choose to delegate. I love this. Delegate. We call it part-time mothering. I think Dave coined the term. Delegate our main responsibility of caring for, training up, and disciplining, in a word, parenting, our children to others for most of their waking hours. For any of, yeah. I mean, just use, a mom should just be on hand to her children, like, 24 hours a day. I mean, like, my kids wake me up in the middle of the night because somebody, like, wet the bed or whatever it's like it's not just a daytime thing it's a nighttime thing too <laughs> it's it's 24 7 it's a vocation now look i don't want to i want to start off giving propers to ms morel mm-hmm. for writing this gutsy probably unpopular go check the comments i haven't checked them since i first saw it four days ago but the comments reflect a little bit of uh ruffled feathers a, a little bit more than a little ruffled feathers among conservative women that thought that they're going to be Amy Coney Barrett, who's got whatever, like 25 kids. Oh, she's so conservative. But she farms out the labor of mothering them. Yeah, I always say this. It's like you don't get credit for doing a job halfway. And a lot of people get mad about that. But it's like, listen, like I'm so sick of people saying, like, oh, women can have it all. They can be full-time mothers and full-time employees. No, you cannot. Don't, Don't give me that baloney. Everybody knows that you can't do give your two. kids that baloney at yeah. lunchtime because yeah. you stayed home with because them. Because you put it in a sandwich and made it with your own hands. <laughs> That's the baloney you should be you giving. Stuck it between two slices of cheap white bread and you shoved it into all of your loving with children's mouths. Side of apples. <laughs> That's what you give the baloney to. You see what I'm saying? Steph does. You get it. I get the baloney. I put that baloney in some sandwiches. <laughs> I just, I'm sick of it. I, I, as you probably can tell, I'm just, I've had enough of like the feminist talking points. And furthermore, conservative women buying that claptrap. Like, well, I, that's that's who we're really upset about, right? This is who, whatever fire you note in this book, case for patriarchy. Whatever fire you note in this book, ask your husband. I'll give you a little bit of a writer's insight. From the writer of the one and the writer of the other. The most annoying, vexing thing that really itches under the skin (laughs) is the conservative feminist or the Christian feminist, right? Like Sun Tzu says, you have to know the enemy. The left, they're going to do what they do. Ajay Quadagis, they will do as they prescribe. And they, they do it well. They execute the play their coaches give them well. We do not. So a, a leftist yeah. feminist 
who's a secularist humanist, is, is not a $3 bill. A conservative feminist is a $3 bill. A Christian feminist is a $3 bill. And God bless Miss Morell for writing this article that sticks it to the Amy Coney Barretts of the world that think they can have it all. This is, this is the, the 1970 trope about women being able to have it all. So I, I do want to get that out there up front, that this was a very bold, well-written, well-thought-through article. I do want to point out that it doesn't go far enough, okay? And, and like Steph's book, Ask Your Husband Does. Don't farm out mothering. It's a full-time job, Claire Morrell says. Thank you, Miss Morrell. But also, don't farm out wifing and household keeping. It, too, is a full-time job. It's literally a full-time job. If you, I, I don't care if your kids are grown and out of the house. Who is tending to the man that's coming home each day tired? Who's in the good mood, right? I'm not a very moody guy, right? I'm a very even keel guy. I don't yeah. tend to get grouchy. If I am tired or upset, I don't get grouchy. You I get, get even worried. even a little slightly grouchy. Our girls are like devastated. Like, why is dad in such a bad mood? Like, he literally was just like a little more silent than usual. <laughs> right. I have high equanimity. But when I start getting tired or stressed or weather-worn from, from the cares of the world, I get worried. And whether whether your husband gets worried or the more common thing is grouchy, what he needs is his wife to put everything down. One, you got to come home to a, a clean, nice-smelling, beautified home. It's an art and form, it, like like beautifying a home. It's because I, I people we get that question a lot. Like, well, I don't have kids, or I'm unable to have kids, and you know, whatever the situation may be. Like, what? Like, maybe I can just you know go off into work. But it's like your vocation as a wife isn't boiled down to just children. It's mainly wife and then children if they come along you know before people used to women used to spend their time beautifying their homes learning new crafts learning new new um uh, like actually ed educating themselves yeah pastimes past gardening times. reading journaling praying i've learned because i didn't get to a lot of those sorts of like feminine instruction type things um, growing up, but I learned how to, I taught myself how to sew. I, before we had kids, I taught myself how to, you know, just do all Scrapbooking, scrap sewing. How many, how many hobbies have you learned? A lot. A lot since yeah. we've been married. Yeah, I, I, a lot. You get like a year or two years kick. You and Maggie were knitting. You took up sewing. You took up uh, those blanket tying. <laughs> I don't know what else to call <laughs> the, the craze of like the 2000s. 2006. Like the ladies out there, the felt tied blankets. Yeah. Like all the girls out there will know what I'm You made like about. 500 <laughs> of those blankets. You got into them and, and the hobby did what a pastime should. Well, that's after I did your... all of my duties, right? Because right. yeah, you're, some of these, some of the, the critiques are correct. Like sometimes you get through your chores really easily, especially when you're first married, you're living in an apartment, you don't have much of a household to upkeep. So I would find myself in that position quite often where I'd be getting through like laundry and my chores and all my wifely duties. I have dinner ready and all that. And I'd be like, okay, now I have free time. See, that's Which is central to the vocation, by the way. Yeah. Wives are not supposed to be work because their job is 24-7, but it's supposed to be like an on-call fireman where you, you, you're not hating it 24-7. Men go to work for eight or nine hour shifts and you, you kind of hate it the whole time. It's very intense. Women... Their bodies, their minds, the difference between men and women, they're crafted by the creator. 
to be more holistic and to be on call 24-7, unlike men. Therefore, they should have a more pleasant job with more natural breaks and fun throughout the day. That's what I want. I want my wife to to, to do her job well, and Steph does it superlatively. And I have a lot of free but time, I want her, too. But I want her know? chill. That's yeah. the whole point, because part of your job is you be in the good mood. If I come home from... <laughs> I remember the first year of teaching, uh, the first year we were married, I taught at a public school, and it was farcical. It was a dystopia on earth. It was hell on earth. And you were just always, it was a little apartment. It was our first marital apartment. You're trying new recipes, being a, a cook, being a, I, I think you tried uh, flowering some flowers in our potted plants in our hanging little garden <laughs> trying thing. my hand about the domestics. It was fun. It, it was cheery. I would come home wanting to rant and rave about the hell on earth California <laughs> public school system. And I just stopped even wanting to talk about it. I was like, oh, Steph's doing this new craft. It's so fun. And where did she get this idea? It's, it was so lovely. And you'd always just welcome me home. And it put me in a good mood. Now, I'm not too hard a guy to put in a good mood. But husbands need that. And I wish... This is a, a druther, right? This is a you know. This is how to go from the the A minus to the A, or maybe the A to the A plus. <laughs> I'll, I'll give Claire Morell an A, and I'll say how how to get the high A or the A plus would have been to say the the necessary uh, expression of the thought, the necessary full expression of the thought. You need to articulate the other half of the coin, which is that wifing is a full-time job and can't be farmed out. And it does include some of the less fun aspects like cooking and cleaning. Just because you're an empty nester, you should be sending the express message to your husband each day that you love him and it's expressed by while he goes to work. You don't need the extra money. That's not what Americans need more of. Hasn't that been proven over the last five years? We need more. some of the more, more instructive and um, bonding times in our marriage were honestly the poorest. And I know your parents have talked about that too. Like, yeah. I remember, you know, times when you're in law school and you're working and I'm at home with Abby and our other daughter, Maggie, not having enough money. And we were, you know, just scraping by. I mean, it really just brought us so close together. And we were so thankful for like, you know, if a grandparent would give us like a gift card for, for Christmas, like, oh, we can actually buy like a luxury at this point. Like there is a lot of redemption and a luxury like food <laughs> like, yeah non-pot pies right. we were eating non-pot pies one week one day of the week excitement but even she your wrote. parents uh, your parents are very very well off but they're like you know that's one of the things that they've talked about before they're like you know some of the things you know we look back at our time when we weren't that we had i think your mom said they had mustard in the fridge and that was the only thing they had and they had like one little couch they got off like goodwill or something she's like those were some of the greatest times in our lives we were young we were first married we we're getting used to you know just married life in general I, I really agree with that yeah and that's the point you don't need the second job which is a honey trap it's toxic before during or after the flowering of your household with kids right you don't need it before or after now I appreciate very sincerely what Miss Morell tried to do and succeeded at doing with her excellent article. We'll link it in the show notes. Mm. But I just want her to, she sounds like a Catholic in there to me too. I've, I've read a couple of her other articles. They're always good. If someone knows her, send her this video or, uh, or ping her on Twitter. Send her this video because I, I really would like to say, well done, job well done. Boldness 
is uh, beauty in this life, especially when one is admonishing one's own tribe. Conservatives, I know she had um, Amy Coney Barrett in mind when she's like, look, if you're going to talk the talk, conservative women, walk the walk. Stay home. We don't need conservative women politicians. No. We need conserv- truly based conservative male politicians who are supported at home by, yeah, really talented, really clever, uh, really loyal women who make those men twice as strong by supporting them the Christian way. doesn't matter whether you're Protestant or Catholic. The Christian way from the home. And, and someone's got to be in the good mood, right? <laughs> I, I yeah. always think about um, this this argument that women use when they're like, "Well, I don't have kids, so I work. Uh, you know, I work until I ha- I have children." I always think about in the pro life world how us Catholics say it. We are always telling the Protestants like, "You guys aren't going far enough in your pro life ideology. You need to be because you'll you'll get Protestants say, "Well, I'm pro life, but contraception is fine." It's like you're not going far enough. You're not going far enough. And a lot of these conservative women, you know, that are saying, "Oh, well, I don't have kids yet. I." I you know, my wifely vocation can be put on the back burner until I have kids. Then I'll adopt the wifely vocation and the motherhood vocation all at the same time. I say, you're not going far enough. Right when you set, you stand at the altar and you give those vows, that's when your vocation starts. Not when and if children come along. That's, that's not how it's supposed to be. Sometimes people can't have children and you are just a wife. And that's still a vocation and you're still supposed to be ready on hand at home and, and doing the, the household duties. In your, I believe, fourth chapter, Unplugging from the Culture of Lies, Steph, in Ask Your Husband. <laughs> Excuse me. getting over the Omicron. I am Omicron. I still have a little bit of Omicron. It's just the common cold. Uh, in your, in, what is it, your fourth chapter, Unplugging from the Culture of Lies. <laughs> it's on page 105. I'd like to read from Ask Your Husband. It's Objection 9, like Aquinas, you do... Um, uh, odds and you know objections and odds to the objection. We need women in certain professions. Steph writes, okay, so you prefer a female doctor, a hairdresser, or babysitter. Fair enough. But your thinking has been distorted by the sexual revolution and its subsequent decades. Furthermore, in the world after the sexual revolution, single rather than married women ought to occupy these roles. That's a good point. Indeed, many of the natural female virtues like nurturing, empathy, and certain forms of artistic expression, are custom fit for the unmarried woman. As a matter of fact, that's why we once had women religious staffing such occupations. And there will always be single and religious women for those kinds of jobs. So what Steph goes on to address is, if you're the kind of woman, um, one of our daughters says this, it says, I don't really think I want, I want to be a this or that profession. I don't really think I want husband and kids. We say, well, get a little older, pray on it. It's, it's your decision. It's your vocation. It's, it's your decision together with God. But what we say then is, if God not, is <laughs> she's also like six, but if not, we are steering her toward, if you're feeling too independent to be a handmaiden of another human, a man, which is the, the vocation of 99% of women, then that means you're being called to the convent. That means you're called to being a, a religious woman. And, and then, then then all of a sudden, when the dichotomy, the fork in the road is that, go be a, the handmaiden of uh, a man and serve God indirectly by being a wife, or go be the handmaiden of the Lord, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, and be a, a woman religious. That's more onerous, though. That's the higher vocation. All of a sudden, it forces 
the better uh, to, to, you know, he's got to decide what he's going to do with his money, or she's got to decide, in this case, what she's going to do with her money. And all of a sudden, she says, oh, the kind of easier, in some ways, more convenient, more comfortable, more lovely life is, is the one that I've been spurning this whole time. So maybe I will just be a handmaiden. Um, too many, uh, to the many women who fear a shortage of professionals in certain fields should marry women return home, I answer that their hypothetical would present a win-win. The less women who enter the workforce, the easier it is for men, along with single women, to find work. Two, the unemployment rate would plummet since it only involves those actively seeking job. jobs. Um, so I just, I don't know. I, I think that among the ranks of conservative women, many of whom are the Federalist.com readers, as is very typical of American conservatism, they're getting half-truths, which the, the less nice way to say that is a half-lie, any time they're hearing feminism bashing from the right. Unless you're reading Steph's book, Ask Your Husband, or My The Case for Patriarchy. Go pick these puppies up at <laughs> Amazon today and review them, please. Or uh, Claire Morell's uh, excellent article at The Federalist, which will be linked in this show. But that could have gone a little further. It's a lot better than a, than a half-truth. It's a lot better issued, a lot better done. And we give her props. But we, we would uh, love to have uh, Claire Morell on the show, actually, because I'd love to point out to her, she seems like a very truth-centered uh, uh, Christian woman, maybe a Catholic even. Uh, sounds like a Catholic name to me. And I think she would be willing to come full circle on this. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Throw out, throw out the uh, suggestion. <laughs> so just by way of concluding our show today, I would say this. The, the criticism that, we, that Steph has received most often on Ask Your Husband, to, to bring this full circle, is the title itself. And people will literally say what to you. Are, you've got to be joking, right? Yeah, they always say, oh, yeah, it must be. Oh, actually, one of my favorite comments uh, recently was, uh, did you discern that title enough? That's offensive. And I was like, that's why I chose it. <laughs> Well, I, I now you want to get it. I want to get kind of like at first, kind of like a reaction, like ooh, and then I'm like, I, the the meat and potatoes are actually in the book. But I mean, we all understand. Like I, I'm a convert to Catholicism, so I think one of the things, and and many of the converts out there may also agree with me here. But one of the things that really drove me to Catholicism is that once you start hearing the truth, you know it. You immediately identify it, and it starts resonating with you. You. All of us understand when people are just giving you empty platitudes or just kind of patting your back and being like, good job, good yeah. job. And, yeah. and nobody nobody relates to that. I would, I would far and away rather say something that I honestly think and offend somebody than just kind of give like, a, oh, women can also be great moms and wives at the same time or uh, working moms. moms. Workers, yeah. they, can be, they can actually be good moms and wives. But so one thing JP2 and, gets yeah. right is the mutual constitution <laughs> of being a great my wife and a great mother, which I was also going to raise too. Right. Claremont. Yeah, but you meant you meant wives and yeah, workers. I meant wives and 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 and, and working mothers. <laughs> yeah, so mothers. I just tried. I tried. Um, I try and just in general, I'd rather just say exactly what I think at all times. And yeah, even people who agree with me ninety nine percent of the time might be like, oh, I don't know if that. Is, I'm I'm with you on that one. But that's a better place to be, I think, than just to be, you know, out there kind of doing 
what the conservative woman politician is out there doing where she's like yeah i'm a conservative and they have pictures of themselves with like ak-47s and they're like hunting deer and then like you find out that they're like advocating for like you know more women in more the women in the workplace and we need more women on the supreme court i was like no we need non-women on the supreme court <laughs> <laughs> I, could i could i issue this though stevie like don't seed so much when these yeah. when these dames give you the critique. Oh, what what does your your title mean? Go ask your husband. You're just you're just trying to be provocative, and you're like, that's right. It, that's really that's really not right. You, you, this is a um, top quality, top most quality specimen of woman right here. <laughs> she likes to joke as she spits truth at you, but the main thing, the main reason it's titled go ask uh, ask your husband is because it's true and because it's the pithiest way of expressing what Mary expressed at the wedding feast of Cana which is the best advice for women ever Just do ask the main it. man in your life do what he says and, and some women were saying things like um <clears throat> they're like oh well my husband he why would I ask my husband? He's an idiot. Or why would I ask my husband? He does this that and the other thing wrong or whatever. And I'm just like, why would you even don't you know that that actually reflects on you when you start complaining about the man that you willingly chose? And again, I'm not talking about situations that arise later in marriage that are more dramatic or whatever, I'm, because those are rare. I'm talking about women who are complaining about their husbands because they don't do X, Y, or Z right, or they would rather them do this and not that. And it's like, you chose him. Like, why are you Why are you complaining to me that you've made a bad yeah. choice? Like, yeah. just... This and this is why when we were talking earlier about picking the right man reflects on the intelligence of a woman. You have to take your time and pick the right man because that is the man if you're a Christian woman, you are going to be serving for the rest of your life. And again, I talk about this in chapter 7. I understand <clears throat> there are situations that come up that are rare with drug abuse or whatever that that need to be dealt with. I'm not even just talking about that. I'm talking about just the basic complaints that I'm constantly hearing or I'm reading or women are like, oh, yeah, ask my husband. I'm the one that has to, like, tell my husband to tie his shoes. I'm like, lady, you're the one that picked a man that you had to tell to tie his shoes. Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi, who's the greater fool? The fool or the fool who follows him? And I think a lot of these married dames that said that to prompt our Obi-Wan quote, would say, exactly, that's why I'm not following him. No, the modification of the Obi-Wan quote would be, who's the greater fool? The fool or the fool who contracted vocationally to follow him for the rest of her life? So that that's the point. There is natural temperamental disparities between and among human beings, and you should honor, to the extent that it it's healthy and well-ordered, your temperamental predispositions. So don't marry someone, women I'm addressing now, don't marry someone that is a micromanager if you find micromanagement irritating, right? I am I, not a micromanager. This is one thing we were... And I find that irritating. So Micromanagement? I, yes, micromanagement. Yeah. So it's like, I find micromanagement irritating. And I understand that since I am the woman in this situation in a marriage, that I will be uh, obedient to a husband so pick in every in yeah. everything he says he chooses to say but how many orders he chooses to issue are you know aquinas calls uh prudence the ruler's uh virtue so literally 
if you had the kind of husband that gave you an order every 30 seconds, it would be a source of strife, but you would have to obey it. Instead, you honored your temperament. Like neither of us like being micromanaged. This has been the case in other <laughs> jobs and arrangements I've had. And so it wouldn't be very good. God puts you together that way, Steffi, right? Yeah. So you do do everything I say. I just am not ta- I'm not breathing down it's, your your turtleneck all day. <laughs> like telling you what to do unless I'm like, "No, this needs to be done. Get it done." It's funny cuz uh, when how you it works. when we do things like this, like the YouTube channel and like the books and the articles and things of that nature, people start like putting their noses into your relationship and they're like, "Oh, you must have this that or the other thing going on." Or, or I think one comment um, said recently like, "Oh, check on this woman. She's not okay or whatever." And it's like they have no idea. It's like you when you have a, a like a really Christ-centered marriage and you're really trying to each serve each other, it is the best thing in the entire world. And it's like a lot of these and, and I actually do feel bad for these women because I think they buy the feminism lie. They get so swept up in like being told that they're strong and like leaders and and they can have it all they get swept up in that that nonsense that complete nonsense and then they're just left on the other side and they're like what have i done with my life that they are actually miserable a lot of them and they do kind of find the i guess they find a traditional woman who's actually very very happy and loved and protected and honored in her vocation as a threat. And so it's unfortunate that's what that's what we see, but it's just... it's it's also threatening to them by the way. Sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off. That you get in a weird way, and we all know you're you're a dummy if you buy snake oil. If you spend spend your life savings on snake oil and that's what feminists did. They bought into snake oil. The idea that you can have your cake and eat it also, right? Yeah. That's just stupid. It's stupidity. But in a strange way, the traditional woman, I, I'm thinking you, you're, you're a great exemplar for traditional women, whether they're Catholic or not, they can have, not it all, you can't have a career too. You can't have it all. No. You got to pick in life. But you can all. have all the things that are natural to you. And again, like we say about um, wives being educated in philosophy or theology, it's it's a good idea because then they can go homeschool. It's a good idea because then... Should they feel inclined to do so, not that it's the mainstream thing, they can write books. I think these feminists are threatened by the fact that it's like... That I'm you, happy. I'm actually And you're happy. a published author writing yeah. at home. And you, you fit it all in with your however many kids we I have. I think a lot, of, a lot of traditional women out there like know what I'm saying. And it's like, man, it is so freeing not having to be the leader or the boss or have to worry about you know, the bills or, you know, lugging trash out onto the corner or whatever. I love having the position that I have. And it's, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And it's funny, like, I hear people say, oh, well, I just get so fulfilled in my job. I could never imagine being at home. And I'm like, Bullshit. are you crazy? <laughs> it's stupid. Like, I've never met anybody who loves every single second at their stupid job. Like everyone likes their free time. And as, as a Christian mother and wife, I, you know, yeah, some days are more stressful than others. Some days I've, I've literally had all six kids had the stomach flu, but other days, yes, I have a lot of free time and I can basically do whatever the heck I want because I have the time because I'm home. And number two, because I picked a husband who's not like lording over me and like micromanaging every little thing. Right. Not, not to come down too hard on those traditional arrangements that are more type A, you know, yeah. a type A woman that, that doesn't mind being 
kind of like she would at a job, have every 15 minutes spoken for every day by a husband right, who's that's ordering it. That's, they, they married according to their temperaments, and that was well done. We're just saying that now with both of these books out, Ask Your Husband, Case for Patriarchy, we have become the poster adults for, not poster children, but poster adults for, you know, traditional, particularly traditional Catholic marriage. And people will get these wayward comments. They're not even worth responding to, except in as much as they're hilarious. They're like, oh, he must lord over you every day. Steph's like, yeah, morally, like, you're the one we lording do not... over your husband. Like right. a lot of these women who are saying that he must be your lord over your husband are in their same sentences saying things like, "Oh, I have to tell my husband all the time to do X, Y, and Z." It's like, wait, 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 is lording over somebody a bad thing or a good thing? I'm... Leave sex out of it for the moment. <laughs> now we know it's good and right and holy for a husband to be submitted to by his wife, but again, prudence is the ruler's virtue. So a a more laid-back, chilled-out man should marry a more laid-back, chilled-out woman. That doesn't. Now, the one thing I don't negotiate on is principle, morals, right? Yeah, and that's where and you th find you. You actually look like there's there's difference. I think in, in in trad Catholicism, we try to. It's unfortunate we blend in personal preference with the rules dictates. a little too much. Yeah, and that's something that I think I really try to do, um, not just with my writing, but in my life is I try to look and say, okay, what are the rules? Let me just follow the rules and let me find out what what my what where personal preference comes in. What what are the non-negotiables and what are the negotiables? You need to know those two categories like the back of your hand. Like a preference is like having how you know you want to run your marriage. You want to be a little bit more type A or you want to be more laid back like you know that's how how we go that's okay that's a preference you can do that now can the wife be working outside the home the church has been very clear no that's non-negotiable can a wife be giving her husband orders no that's non-negotiable even if the husband gives her few orders then uh whatever the making of a lady movie is what what's the uh what's the old movie i don't know with the the guy with uh, <laughs> the guy you know what I'm talking about the guy with the, guy. the girl he Get teaches arms. her to do little Eliza do little <laughs> oh, right my fair lady yeah my fair lady oh. it's like yeah okay that's some guys are gonna with their rulerly uh, prudence they're going to run a, a ship that's much tighter like that other guys are just gonna like me say like look let's do what we have to do let's raise the best kids we can morally speaking let's have the highest standards there. And then with everything, and let's keep the, the house clean enough or whatever. This is just personal preference. But then let's let's chill out. Let's have a lot of fun. Let's get our prayers in each day. But then let's have as much fun as we can, me, you, and the kids, jointly and severally. It's a great way to live life. Teresa Lisieux's parents uh, are reported to have been this way. That's just our temperament. You do you. You do it your way according to the negotiables. Where you can't do you according to, to the non-negotiables. You right. can't do you according to the rules. And it, I don't know if you've noticed this too, but it just seems like more and more people that this article that we're talking about today about not farming out um, other people to do your job as a mother, I feel like more and more women are feeling, I guess, emboldened. I don't know if that's the right word, but to, to stand up and be like, I am not apologizing to anybody by saying being a wife and a mom is number one in a woman's life outside of if she chooses the uh, religious vocation. Just proudly saying that because we've allowed the feminists for far too long to start this narrative about their boring jobs well they get you I, on your back foot if you are a woman who 
does what a Christian woman's supposed to and stays home. They get you on the back foot. They're like, so it's like asking a loaded question. Like, have you um, stopped beating your wife yet? You, you know, feminists will ask a stay-at-home Christian woman. So um, <laughs> are you? can you possibly be fulfilled without being like a secretary or whatever? The response is, how can you possibly be fulfilled by a job? It's not in your nature to have. And even most men are completely unfulfilled by their jobs, even though it's in their fallen nature to have one. Well, and it's a very damaging, I think, too, not only to the woman um, to be taken away from her from her household and, and especially her children, um, since the show is mainly about motherhood, we're, we're focusing on wifeliness. But, you know, it's it's damaging to the children, too. It's It's just... They need a, a a mother and a child need each other. We're designed to, to to physically need each other. Like the 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 child actually feeds from the mother. It's like this taking the wife away from the um the mother or from the child is is incredibly damaging to children. And I and I know a lot of women out there who are mothers. It's like you you feel that whenever your baby is you know first newborn, they're so fragile. You just you 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 feel the need to be with them all the time. And, you know, I, I've known so many women who, who, when they got pregnant, they're like, oh, I'm going to go back to work after three, four months. They literally did not after their baby was born. They're like, what am I doing? What am I spending my life doing? I just, some stupid job. Anyone can replace me at my job. Anyone can replace me at my job. No one can replace me in the eyes of this child. This is God given to me, and I need to be here for this. In the blue pill days, folks would say it's not politics, it's nature, What to encapsulate what Steph just uh, proffered. Nowadays, post-red pill, you say politics is nature. Say it with me. Politics is nature. Rightly done politics is nature, human nature and physical nature. It is the physical nature of woman to want to stay home, be protected, be well-loved, well-love and well-protect in the way she can as a mother. Her children, keep them home with her. Don't send them off to a state ward. Stay home with them. Particularly, it's it's the dead of winter now, right? You, you, guys are sending their wives and their kids. They're farming them out on icy roads, which makes me a bit worried. Uh, to school and to other jobs and then the whole family. Everyone's away from the home by day. You're leaving that little home all alone. Like the little engine that, <laughs> that could. Yeah, the home needs to have the wife and but the kids home. there by day. Yeah, are you too good for your home? Go, go to your home. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's just a perversion. It's unfortunately, it's just like the the feminism talking points have perverted nearly every household in America, because people don't want to just say the truth and get um, in trouble for it. It's be like women were made a certain way, men were men made a certain way, and women belong a certain place, and that's just the facts. And you get people, and especially when it's laid out in in holy scripture, we have women um, who are actively in their lives and in their in their words and deeds actively arguing with holy scripture and it's not just written one two three places it is peppered throughout holy scripture the word of god what women are supposed to do how wives are supposed to be how mothers are supposed to be that women are would be supposed to be obedient like we have women who are out there boldly arguing and you think about it it's craziness with god scripture the, the Catholic catechism, the Roman catechism, 20th century encyclicals, you don't even need this. On these lovely God Save the Patriarchy cups, <laughs> mug and, and beer glass here, we have a re- you can't see it there, but these are literally all scripture, chapter and verse, 
Colossians, First Corinthians, First Peter. Uh, everyone knows Ephesians five, right? Ephesians five. Uh, Timothy, Titus, and many, many others that are the pro patriarchy verses. Women have to submit to their husbands. It's not even arguable. It's not even. People were saying that I was like cherry picking from scripture. I was like, yeah, every like third word in the Bible is about women submitting to their their wives. Like Look, that's not cherry picking. That's just a consistent theme. When you're trying to reify a circular square, an impossibility i.e. Christian feminism, then you don't even argue against the many lines of scripture which say Christian feminism is intellectually ridiculous. It's not even philosophically coherent. It's a circular square. So they don't argue. They don't uptake the argument. All they do-do is they just say, well, you cherry-picked those lines. What do you mean? I, I plucked the many places from scripture and from Catholic teaching over 2,000 years where it clearly states non-decontextualized truths. Steph clearly plucked them from our home Bible and typed them. Is that what you mean by cherry picking? Or do you mean to say that they're proof texted? Meaning, uh, you know, there's a prefatory uh, or a consequent clause in the sentence that negates the meaning of that which we quoted. That's proof texting. People out there, I know you're not the one saying it. Proof texting is when you pluck, you know, a, a clause of a sentence out of the whole sentence that inverts the meaning. You know, if it's like St. Paul says this, uh, semicolon, but here's where he's wrong, as sometimes, I mean, St. Thomas would never say St. Paul is wrong, but you get the point. That's proof texting. Proof texting is not just picking something out of the Bible like... Uh, you know, and on the third day, Christ rose again. Oh, you proof texted that. He didn't rise again. What, what's the insinuation? Yes, that's a that's called quoting. Can we address real fast? Because I've noticed in chat and I've also noticed in other places. And Tim, this will be this will go to you because I'm not going to uh, presume to teach the males on this one. But um, a lot of women have commented that they would rather be at home, but their husbands are like outright telling them like, no, you have to work. And, you know, of course, you know, many of them have children and they they feel that sting that just naturally a woman does feel like this. Let's just be honest. Anytime you're away from your kids and you have to go to work and especially when they're real little, you're going to feel like you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing because you, you are. So can you address maybe the men on that issue and just say like, don't send your wives off to... Yes, so so once for all, folks, say it with me. The Christian teaching from the Roman Catechism is that wives must submit to their husbands on all matters not inconsistent with Christian piety. Okay, so here's the question. The wife wants to stay home, and the husband wants her to be gone during the day. Well, just above that sentence in the catechism, it says the wife must love to stay home and must only go out for necessity. This begins to insinuate, I spoke about this with Trent Horn over two years ago, two and a half years ago. This begins to insinuate, in a, in a relatively strong way, that leaving for anything but necessity, whether the husband likes it or not, is sinful, which if we pare it down to what the wife must actually submit to the husband with regard to, this sounds like it would be Christian impiety or inconsistent with Christian piety for a husband to order his wife this way. Now, the, the defide teaching is not so clear on this detail, but 
suffice to say, with the bimillennial Catholic teaching on husbands and wives, everything insinuates very, mostly clearly, that if anyone's going to be pushing for the wife to go to work, we're thinking it'll be 20th century feminist women. What happens in this opposite case? Well, this is very unnatural for a man to unprotectively want his wife to work. I'm not talking about a man that fell off the roof and broke his back and it veritably needs the wife to go do this. I'm talking about the two-income trap. I would say that this is, I'm not as confident about this, but I'm 95% sure this is inconsistent with Christian piety and a wife is, is, you know, consult, you know, discern, pray, consult a priest. But if you don't want to work and your husband's trying to pressure you to, I would say with 95% certainty that that pressure is inconsistent with Christian piety. There would be an instance where you don't have to obey unless it's bona fide necessity. I haven't weighed in on that yet. That's Yeah, that's something to look into into more. And I'm actually hearing more and more about that, that men are, are actually, in, you know, enforcing cucked. that their wives— That's cucked, man. Don't, your wife wants to be protected at home. If you're lucky enough to have a non-feminist wife that wants to be at home— cooking for you, cleaning for you, being your handmaiden, being your best friend who, who prepares the way for you as you get home from work. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Many men would kill for a wife like that. Embrace it. Just forego the fifth TV or whatever. One income is more than enough. These are first world problems. Don't flirt with forcing your wife or ordering your wife to Christian impiety. Don't do it. It's cucked. Protect your wife. She wants to be at home. She wants to be warm when it's cold out. She wants to be safe where there aren't perverts trying to look up her dress at work, which is all that happened when uh, females entered the workplace. It's just pervs uh, horn-dogging your wife all day. Come on, man. Don't, 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 uh, husbands, don't pimp your wives out like that just for a paycheck. I'm, I'm sorry. I got to say it. It's Dave's <laughs> just expression. Just got to say it. And with wives in situations like that, I would say just, um, you know, keep approaching your husband um, kindly and just keep reminding him that, you know, you're how how God created woman. She created he created woman to be, you know, in the home. He created woman to have a very strong connection with with their children. Um, and with and just, the domicile and, itself, and so. and a lot of a lot of a lot of women in these situations, they, it's not that their husbands are horrible or terrible or mean or anything. It's just that they they're doing it out of financial what they think is financial necessity. I would just, you know, encourage you as the woman to try to you know help your husband you know see the way out of that. You know, like say, oh hey, like you know, research you know, better jobs or cheaper places to live or whatever, and just pre- present him with you know the options to get you out of the workplace so that you can more fully live up to your vocation and be where you want to be. I mean, it's natural. Hey, if you're working, you're a working woman and you want to be at home, you have that natural desire that that's great. That's great. Just, just keep nicely and and patiently encouraging your husband to figure out a way to make that happen. Well, so the show topic has been on Claire Morell's excellent Federalist (laughs) piece from last week, why you shouldn't farm out your children during the day so that you can go to work. I would tie this using John Paul II, ironically, who's not consistently great on this matter, by saying there's a mutual constitution of the role of wife and mother, of the role of husband and father. Therefore, we're not sidestepping the issue when we've spent half or over half of this show talking about why Ms. Morell's excellent article doesn't quite go far enough. Don't farm out 
the uh, opportunity to show your love, wives, by wifing constantly. Don't farm out the wifing, the cooking, the cleaning, the staying home, the domestic duties. Even if you're a pre, uh, 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 pre-child marriage phase, or if you're in a post-child-rearing uh, marriage phase, an empty nest phase, before, during, and after the rearing of children, husbands need their handmaidens at home. Someone's got to be in the good mood. So we didn't sidestep that. We were just pointing out this is the one way uh, Claire Morrell could have moved that very excellent A article on The Federalist uh, published last week, linked in the show notes, to an A+. plus. But, but, but kudos, an excellent job done. Very bold. You're an innovator. You've got grit, uh, Ms. Morrell. <laughs> I want to go back to my point earlier about um, nobody can replace the mother at the home. Um, a lot of people say, oh, well, my job, I can't be replaced. Again, I have never seen a woman in a, in a position, a work position, um, go all the way up to the VP yeah. of the United States. It's like that, that's, that's more important than being at home to your children, um, being pre- present, uh, present for, your, for your children at the home. There's nothing in a woman's life, if you have chosen the married vocation, is more important than being at home with your kids. And that should be a great honor to women. Instead of finding that insulting, you should actually be, take that as a great pride. The, the role of a mother, the mother's um, presence is so important and it's irreplaceable. Even we have people who say, well, my husband does that. You know, he stays at home with the kids. Even the father cannot replace the mother and especially not daycare workers or hired help. Mothers, wives out there who are who are also mothers, you are unique and special in the eyes of your children and they need you. And that is the most important thing. If in your life, not your job. Your job, literally, if you decided tomorrow, hey, I, I can't I can't show up. Or if you, hey, let's just say you just decide, hey, I'm just not going to show up um, the next couple of days at work. They'll replace you like that. They don't care. Your job doesn't care whether or not you're there or not. They will find a replacement for you lickety split. But that is not how it works with your children. And that is not how it works with your husband either. Mother is the name of God on the hearts and lips of children as... Uh... Brandon Lee says in The Crow, 1997. I don't <laughs> 1990s think 1990s references. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's blasphemous. It sounded worse when I said it right now. I always thought it was kind of beautiful in the context of The Crow. But I, I would just conclude by this: we got to get out of here. Yeah. I would say, um, relative to what women should be doing, yes. They're never going to be doing something at the workplace that's more important than what they ought to be doing at the home place. Never. Let me go a step further, though. Relative to the, you know, woman in the workplace versus a man who could be doing their job in the workplace. I've never been at a job, and I've worked many jobs where I didn't think, sorry, if if this if this um, married woman were to go home, you know, that she couldn't be replaced by a man that does the job as good or better. I'm just being honest. I, I'm, I'll be honest. When I've worked at places, and people aren't going to like this, but when I've worked at places, I prefer to work for a man. Of course. I mean, it's just... I, Female bosses <laughs> women, are Women, okay, Female. again, and before people get upset, then we just go right back to Christian principle, guys. Men and women are different. We have different strengths and weaknesses. And when women try to as, uh, assume the, 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 the characteristics of men, it is a proto-transgenderism, and it isn't quite right. And everybody knows it and feels it. Yeah, St. Saint Paul is looking up the exact quote. He says, I permit not authority of woman over man. He doesn't just say in church. 
he says, I permit women not to teach men, but other, other younger women. But in a different uh, Bible verse, I should have these all totally memorized. They're on the cover. Right here. So yes, that's why everyone detects the natural perversity, the natural subversity, subversiveness of having a female boss, whether you're a single working woman that, that's not married yet and it's, it's fine for you to be in the workplace for a Christian, or you're just like some married guy that has to deal with a, a heinous, uh, uh, tyrannical female boss, we all know that it's wrong. And again, back to Claire Morell's originary point, um, you lose conservatives along the way when you think thoughts through to their full rational expression, to their full rational conclusion. And Ms. Morell excellently pointed this out. Why do we lose so many conservatives? Yeah, we need to talk the talk, family values. Okay, so go home, toots. A-A-A-C-B, get home. Isn't there some you cooking or cleaning children. you're farming out? I think I she has nine. Or she has, oh, she has nine, nine children. And, and you can't tell me the Supreme Court isn't a demanding job. Who is taking care of the kids? Not her during the day. That's terrible. That's horrible. That's, we should not be celebrating that as a Christian society. She should be home with the children she created or adopted. It's for or shame. else just be a single woman, girls. If you don't want to do that, if you want to leave your kids and, and, and abandon your duties and you know pursue the, the boss babe lifestyle, fair enough. Be single. Just be single. Don't, don't, don't create life and then abandon it. Just stay home if you have your children and your husband. And if not, and again, this is not, we, we, we get into situations of, with widowhood or if the husband's disabled. You're allowed to work in those instances. But if you are just a normal married woman, your husband's able, uh, able-bodied, all of that, stay home. Or just decide when you're younger. Like, hey, I, I, you know, I don't really like being at home. And I'd rather, I'd rather be a high-powered lawyer and make it on the Supreme Court than be single. Then just stay single. Just get married or go be a nun. Don't, don't be a single and try to go to the Supreme Court. And then we get knifed in the yeah, back I'm like Sandra Day O'Connor. No, I know you're not. That's how we wound up with Planned Parenthood versus Casey. We had Sandra Day O'Connor supposed to be a conservative. There were other conservatives that let us down, but we don't, we don't need more women on the bench. We don't need more women on the legislature. We don't need more women in the White House. We need less. We need we need z- none, none, zero. None mothers, I guess, <laughs> as Scotty Small says. That's my controversial take for the day. <laughs> there are many in this book. Go buy it today. Ask your husband. It's excellent. Then leave a review on Amazon. We need you guys to review it once you've read one page. God bless you all. Happy weekend. Be safe. Be good to your wives, husband. Wives, be good to your husbands. There's one life to live this side of the eschaton, and it's the one life on which we will be judged. And women, the only the other money side you should be putting into the world is in sandwiches. <laughs> Deus Volt. God bless. Baloney eaters. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.